0: i will say punch drunk love is so good yes and so good wait this is recording now i'm gonna get like dust or something <laughs> no.
1: uncut gems oh it's wonderful
0: i thought it was a masterpiece
1: yeah, yeah i think great. that movie's awesome yeah I try not to overuse that word, but I feel like it's a masterpiece.
2: Because Gabe uses it a lot, that's
1: all. I don't use it that much. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of
2: masterpieces out there.
1: But, yeah, Adam Sandler in that movie is, like, perfect. And they wrote it for him.
0: It's a great movie. And then it doesn't hurt that the soundtrack is by this producer that I love, One Oh Tricks Point Never. Yeah. Yeah. He's so sick. And, like, oh, I just the whole movie is, like, nerve-wracking and awesome. Right. We watched uh, Pistol it's a fx show about the sex pistols
2: oh i do know what you're talking about it was good i did not know it was, it called was pistol
0: besides kind of the last episode i would say it was a really good show it was, it was really th- interesting
2: it was like a a narrative it wasn't a doc right it's,
0: it's not a doc it's a drama, drama but it's based on john i can't think it his last name but the guitar player's autobiography and yeah it just got me all reinvigorated at the roots of punk and all that stuff it's
2: I saw a trailer for that one time, and I was like, that looks pretty sweet. It's good. It's on FX? Yeah. FX has the hits. Dude,
0: FX, well, here's...
2: They got the movies. <laughs> they got the shows. Anything
0: on FX, I'm like, I'm going to give this a shot.
2: Amazing. Sure. Well, we're back at it again, Gabe.
1: Yeah. And with company.
2: Yeah. Who's with us today, Steve? For the third Feature time. Third and final. Time. <laughs> fourth, fourth all together to end the trilogy. We forgot. Really? In the last episode, which was Stranger Things, you were also in the Smash Brothers episode. You're right. Briefly. What? Yes. Because you you had. I did. A you, had a can, you had some cameos. Yes, that. Cameo, yeah.
1: Yes. That was a oh. banger episode.
2: That was. it That's like one of our most successful episodes. Nice. But yeah, we've, we've got Trevor Gerard <laughs> <laughs> back. Yes. In the studio. I'm here. Us thanks and why, for having me guys you're welcome I thank you for coming cheers I like cheers I love having you I love talking to you and I love I'm glad you clarified that yeah <laughs> I love having I you I love feasting upon I you I love keeping you in my dungeon <laughs> um I love talking to you and I am every time I feel um honored every time you wow. come on every time you come okay. on okay yeah thank you I'm like wow I feel like you elevate the... it's, it's like oh wow he said yes <laughs> Again,
0: <laughs> you guys pay me so well. I can't, yeah, I can't
1: refuse. Like, I didn't pay you in compliments. <laughs> Come on,
2: but Gabe, ask me why we're bringing Trevor on for the Sandman episode.
1: Why are we bringing Trevor on the Sandman episode,
2: Steven? Because Trevor has read yes, every issue, all of them of Neil Gaiman Gaiman, Gaiman, Gaiman's I believe, everyone?
0: Well the main the 75 stars. and some of the offshoots
2: the 75 off-shoots. issues right? Yes. You, have
0: you read overture i did i loved overture wow yeah. it's like a
2: prequel right it's happening yes early look at them go
0: yeah so i'm a big sandman fan
2: huge yeah i mean six years ago oh yeah you're trying to get me to read the sandman and i never did <laughs> i was trying to get everyone to i know at that
0: point it's just so good. You it's were, a great story. You
2: spent like a long time going through it.
0: Yeah, it took me like three years to go through it. Um did
2: you take it slow intentionally?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Because you,
2: you wanted to like savor it or or you just like I don't feel the need to like binge it.
0: I did want to savor it. Uh-huh. The stories you know, it's episodic. The stories are kinda of like fables. It it it's so metaphorical that it works better in bite sized chunks, I think, than trying to just burn through it. It's not just like Right you know, Spider-Man or Superman or there's not just always a next adventure, you know, there's an end. Yeah. So there is a bit of like, Oh my God, I'm halfway through. I got to start really paying attention. And there's so much nuance of with the story and the kind of intertwined storylines and stuff.
2: And they're anthological, like a couple issues that are its own thing. And then it goes on to the next thing. Or is there like one kind of overarching story so it, With far, like a huge finale. I don't, I don't know how. As far
0: as I know, it, it's either the only or it was the only. I think it might still be the only mainline DC story that has a beginning and an end. Mm. Because hmm. a lot of the characters, they just keep spinning off. And there's a new Batman comic. And there's another new Batman comic. And right. we'll try a new interpretation of Batman comic. And Sandman was the one story, I guess. This is what I heard. I don't know exactly how true it is. But basically, it has a beginning and an end. And it always did. And it was just a matter of getting there sort
2: of thing. Oh, okay. So so it does like have some sort of summary that ties up a lot of loose ends. Big time. Oh.
0: There's a finale. I mean, there's oh, okay. a, there's, I would say there's even, you know, there's even, I think it's like two books that are, are the finale. So it's not just like there's one issue and that's the end. It's like, there's oh. a couple endings. I
2: had no idea. Yeah. I, that's kind of what I was asking is like, are there smaller stories within sort of the larger narrative of the whole 75 issues? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or is it Um, just
2: small story after small story after small story? I
0: think by the nature of the characters, they're so, they are the endless. They are so big, expansive and, and all encompassing that their story isn't as simple as, Mm -hmm. you know, point A to point B they they've been around and, continue to be around and there's kind of a there's an eternal aspect to them so it was always going to have to be a big kind of finale i guess if that makes sense yeah yeah interesting and and yeah so there's lots of stories and there's different you know time periods that they dip into and these backstories play into future stories and yeah it's very
1: all over the place okay yeah good to know when did you uh start reading the issues because i think question. the run was initially was it 89 to like 96
0: i don't know when it ended but i know it started in 89 um but you
1: didn't you weren't you know listening to it then. definitely not. reading it then. i was born yeah.
0: in 87 so i definitely wasn't reading it when it came out no i got it secondhand <laughs> or i got it i had a friend of mine tom our friend he showed it to me oh really after he had read it it was like you got to get into this i think you'd really like it um, I think that was twenty fifteen or sixteen, something like that. Yeah.
2: The Sandman.
0: The Sandman. Le Man de Sand. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Whoops. I haven't heard that. <laughs>
0: it just came to me. <laughs> Who is the Sandman?
1: Neil Gaiman. Yeah.
0: He's talked about that before. Yeah? Like, you're drawing a comparison to the character in him?
1: No, I was just broaching the subject. Oh. But you're saying that he is the Sandman?
0: That's been a big thing over <laughs> the years is, like, people are like, oh, it's, like, kind of, like, an autobiography or, like, really? this is, like, you're the main character sort of thing. And he classically denies it, but it's there. Speculation. It's, it's, it's
2: totally in there. Before we get further into who the Sandman is and then what happens in this show... Let's talk about Neil Gaiman. Who is Neil Gaiman? Who is Neil Gaiman? The Sandman. (laughs) Who is he?
0: He's an author. He's He's British. He's British. AF. Yep. Um, So I don't know his whole backstory. I don't know. know. He's very prolific. I mean, yeah, he writes basically every genre of story, and many of his stories have been adapted into screenplays. And
2: he's um, renowned
0: he's renowned and he, I would say he's a modern master
2: oh <laughs> piece. yeah I'm sure
1: yeah he's done so many different mediums like he said too he did a comics short fiction novels written for television I think because he's usually yeah. these days executive producer on his own shows yeah
0: yeah and he has the thing I really respect about him is he really believes in the projects he does mm-hmm. and he kind of tries to walk through all the different adaptations of them he doesn't it seems like he doesn't often just kind of hand stuff off, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah, so And good for him because his oh, stuff, yeah. I'd say, is often difficult to adapt because of its fantastical nature. Yeah. He's one of those authors that, like, you know, you think about, like, the Terry Pratchett's of history where it's, like, uh, like cosmic and it's very fantasy-driven, but also grounded in a lot of ways. So, yeah. oftentimes, it's hard to translate that to screen. Totally.
0: Yeah. I don't think this show could have been made before now. Yeah. This show with the with the source material and the way they did it, like, it's just so big. There's so much to kind of cram in there. I don't even, even the format, just at one point they were trying to make a film.
2: Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, since we you've just heard a little bit about who Neil Gaiman is, you can Wikipedia him, I'm sure, if you want to hear more. But yeah, the production history of this show is fascinating. They've tried to adapt the Sandman they, into film. They, yeah, they. Nameless Suits. Many, many times. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was attached once to play the Sandman.
0: Which would have been good. Dream? I think that could have worked.
2: Yeah. At but he certain... also
0: might have brought too much of himself into it, yeah. to be honest.
2: At a certain point, I think it would have been good. Yeah, and it had been, it had a lot of different producers and different studios. It's been shopped around. Did you see the article with their, him talking about
1: John Peters trying to produce it? Oh, no. Similar story with the giant spiders. Oh. Remember the Kevin Smith story? yeah. yeah. Neil oh, Gaiman I Neil, Neil Gaiman sabotaged he torpedoed
2: John Peter's pitch cause, that's where I was going actually. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, Neil Gaiman Neil Gaiman had the rights. I think he's retained the rights the whole time. And he's had kind of the say of whether he wants it to go or not to be made. What that's what I mean when I say go. To be made into a film or a show. And yeah, he Neil Gaiman said recently that he sabotaged the the production of the of one of the films uh because he didn't think it would be good and it wasn't the script was garbage yeah, it wasn't what he wanted it to be sign
0: of a true artist
2: i even yeah. heard i heard yeah i mean like you were just saying like the nature and quality of the comic and and his writing is so grandiose it would be impossible to encapsulate even in like a trilogy of films oh you know? for sure Like I think that's why episodic TV, like well-made episodic TV, is like the best uh, medium for the comic. It has like an
0: X Files aspect to it, where you know every episode's going to be a little different tone, Mm -hmm. a little different kind of theme. Yeah, but it all is quality.
2: Yeah, yeah. So at at a certain point though, it landed on Netflix. I think the news of that must have been three or four years ago now, Mm. maybe five. Yeah. remember sending you articles like oh saman's gonna be at netflix now
0: was it yeah i think maybe maybe pre-pandemic but just
2: was definitely pre-pandemic it might have been like 2018 yeah though
0: because it kind of got delayed with the pandemic too right right Yeah.
2: yeah yeah and netflix gave it quite a budget to be able to try to make it successful on its launch and adapt a lot of the crazy things that that were in the comics to the screen and do you know the number do you know the number it was like 15 million per episode yeah wow which isn't actually that much considering like when game of thrones was being produced i think it was like 30 million per episode wow. yeah it's a lot to bet on like yeah you know uh, a, a new, new horse a new thing
1: yeah uh,
0: and Especially, and it's a very specific <laughs> horse yeah that's the thing that and even <laughs> me and my wife were watching it and she's a fan to some degree, not as quite as big as me, but she listened to some of the story on the um, audio book. And uh, we were both kind of relating about it is mature. It is dark. You do have to be open minded to fantastical things. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have to be open minded towards horrific things. Mm mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just start losing people left and right. Yeah. Like the
2: Philosophical cr- and existential things, it,
0: it, things that might unhinge you yeah. even like yeah. things that might kind of break ideas, your reality, yeah, of, exactly. your idea of reality. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm actually, I'm not surprised cause it's really good, but I am kind of shocked that it's had such a reception. Yeah. A great reception. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think modern audiences want intelligent things. Yeah. And I really, I really do believe that. That, like, hmm. usually the most successful things are also the most intelligent sure. and, and well-executed. They have something to say. Yeah. Yeah. And then the things that don't last are the things that are just like, oh, that was a wash. Why did I waste my time? You know, even watching the pilot episode of that thing. Sure. No, the Sandman... Yeah. We'll, t- we'll get into that, but... <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. No, so... So, yeah, the Sandman came to Netflix and was just released almost a month ago now about three to four weeks ago now with a surprise 11th episode that (laughs) dropped two weeks ago week and a half ago yeah i think so a week ago it was oh no it was like wednesday two weeks ago i think I think it was friday then it was a week ago ago. okay or maybe earlier yeah anyway that 11th episode though did you watch it i loved it It it's so good a doozy that was so strange. Like They put all the 10 episodes out, and then they had that one drop a few weeks later. But Are yes. we going to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the whole, We're the whole about season. We're talking about the Sandman. The, the Sandman.
1: Sandman. Everyone, everyone always asks, who is Sandman? No one ever asks, how is Sandman? <laughs> <laughs> How's
0: he feeling? Is he okay? Check on Sandman. Gloomy? gloomy?
2: So before we get into the show. Also,
0: shout out to the goths out there. This is, yes. this is one for the goths. Bring okay? it back. Thank you.
2: Long have they waited. <laughs> <Yes>. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> no, it's all good. This is one for the Robert Smiths. Yes, uh, yes. I mean, he was heavily modeled off of Robert Smith. I think so. Really quick before we keep going, Gabe. Yep. Yeah. it's your time. Oh, it's no, your turn. Don't ask me to do this. Oh, I'm asking. <laughs> I know what I have to do, but I don't know
1: if I have the strength to. All do I want it. you
2: to do is read who was in the show <laughs> okay. and their names.
0: The entire Wikipedia page. <laughs> Well,
1: our cast is led fantastically by Tom Sturridge as Dream, Ooh. aka Dream of the Endless, aka Lord of the Dream, Morpheus. <laughs> Morpheus. Morpheus. That's what I was looking the for. The Sandman. Yeah, he's the Sandman. I don't really. Who is Tom Sturridge. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't really, I wasn't familiar with his work, but he's been in some stuff. He's a Brit. Many of these bit of a Brit. stars are Brits. So, across the pond, as they say. Um, yeah, <laughs> f- Far From the Madding crowd on the road. I've seen Far From the Madding crowd. The road. boat that rocked, or that was Pirate Radio? I'm not sure.
2: You rocked my boat.
1: Anyway, we also have uh, next to him Lucien, who is played by Vivian Akimpong. We have the Corinthian, who's taken on a larger role for the show than I think was in the comics, right? Or at least have more... up for debate. Yeah, he he was played by Boyd Holbrook. I'm a big fan of Boyd's from uh, <laughs> Logan. He was the guy that was hunting oh, the Wolverine. Yeah, I could see that. I, he's, he's I've been only in a seen that movie once and I forgot most of it. I loved Logan. But he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in 2018's critically acclaimed The Predator that I'm always um, pooping on. Sorry. Anyway, I got a bone <laughs> to pick with that. We already tore it up in the last... Prey podcast, so. Yeah.
0: I still need to watch Prey. You should watch Prey. I heard it's good. It's for you guys. It's not
1: like like
2: excellent. (laughs) No, but but I heard it's a
0: return to form. Yeah, it's really good.
1: We also have Patton Oswalt as Matthew the Raven as- The voice. It's very Patton Oswalt. Oh, yeah. Um, It's just him. uh, Desire, played by Mason Alexander Park. is on the rise. They were fantastic. Probably one, I mean, between- Tom Sturridge and Mason Alexander Park. I feel like The Endless is off to a great start, and I can't wait oh, like yeah. to see moving forward like what they do yeah. with those other characters. They were definitely the highlight. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, in the second half of the show, we had Rose Walker played by Venisu Samun Samunyai. That is uh, difficult to pronounce. Good effort. And Lida Hall was played by Rezane Jamal. Oh, Unity nice. Kincaid, Sandra James Young. I'm just rolling through it now. Wait. John D. was played by David Thewlis. Everybody knows David.
2: Harry Potter. Yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> yep. What was his character's name again? The Sandman. <laughs> He's in the, the Sandman. Lupin? He's Lupin. Lupin. He's Lupin. Yes.
0: He's not Ron's dad. No. Okay. No. He's the boyfriend of the... The one of the girls. Oh gosh.
2: He he marries Tonks. <laughs> yeah, there you yes. go. Thank at you. a certain point, Thank but he you. he's one of uh, Harry's dad's best friends. Gotcha. Who is the werewolf? That's right. Yeah. The animagus. The reason that they all no, become animagus. He's not an animagus because he's a werewolf. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay.
1: Ethel Cripps is played by Jolie Richardson. Young Ethel Cripps played by Nim Walsh. We have Johanna Constantine played by Jenna Coleman. Bit of a gender swap. Big fan, big fan of Jenna Coleman. <laughs> I am a huge Jenna Coleman fan. A uh, bazinga! <laughs> Got him, coach. <laughs> huge fan. Yeah. Loose for Morningstar, Gwendolyn Christie, Bran of Tarth. Yeah. Everybody knows Gwendolyn. And I, I didn't, I, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Captain so. Phasma. What?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Is she? Yeah. Oh. yeah you never know. I can hear the voice
2: yeah. now that you say that. And wait, there's one other person.
1: Yeah, Death. Death. Oh,
2: Death. Kirby Howell Baptiste. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Played Death.
1: Fantastic. I think that is about it. Oh, she was Sasha in Barry. I thought I recognized her.
2: Oh. So the plot of the show, really quick. Hmm. I'm going to try to blaze through it. Good luck. Broad sweeping. Yeah, Yeah. good luck. Uh... A wizard. Where to start? <laughs> a wizard. <laughs> Somehow the emperor returned. <laughs> a wizard traps mm. Dream for a hundred, over a hundred years. Charles Dance. trying to trap his sister Death. Dream is one of the endless these entities that came into existence when the first person did that thing. So like when the first person, like the beginning in existence, dreamt or or died, those points of time created the endless beings that
0: are the personification yeah of those
2: trait of that trait yeah exactly well well said that elemental feel free to say that again if you want uh no i'm good okay the anthropomorphic personification of a metaphysical force so dream eventually breaks out and he starts going after these tools that he uses to do his business and david thulis is the person who has them and Or he's seeking after, he has one of them. Uh, There's a lot of really cool sequences and episodes in that process. And then eventually uh, culminates in him getting his final tool back. And David Thulis gets locked back into his mental ward or wherever he was. Castle. The upside down. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of the end of the first kind of story. It takes place in the first five episodes. The sixth episode is pretty unique. In that it follows death around as she's killing people, very existential philosophical, really cool. Uh, this the latter half of that episode has to do with this kind of like short story. It has to do with him meeting up with a person who has uh, everlasting life every 100 years, and uh, not not the Christ kind, but the uh, the physical kind.
0: He refuses to die.
2: Yeah. Uh, so he meets up with them every 100 years to kind of see how he's doing. And I think it starts in the 1300s and then goes to like modern day. It's a really awesome story. And then episodes 7 through 10 follows the Rose Walker story that has to do with this young girl who is... They, they keep calling her a vortex, which essentially is a person that can control dreams kind of similarly to how the sandman does
1: or not control them (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: i mean if they learn how to but it's a it's a huge threat to the existence of both the dream world and the waking world that gets summed up and ends after some back and forth and then uh, the 11th episode pops pops on two weeks later (laughs) and that's also kind of two shorter episodes within the one episode, shorter stories within the one episode. Uh, the first one is, what was it like? The Dream of a Thousand Cats. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it follows these cats and this whole, this whole idea. It's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. It's animated uh, and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. And the second one is Calliope, which is a muse from Greek, Grecan time, mm-hmm. and okay. uh, ends up being one of uh dreams morpheus's uh old lovers who had a, his child um who was spoilers. orpheus oh, spoilers. <laughs> full spoilers full oh, okay. spoilers okay oh we're full spoilers, full <laughs> okay, spoilers okay, 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 yeah. we've already kind of run through the plot in yeah. broad strokes but, but super broad stroke uh who is orpheus from the greek mythology mm-hmm. They they um, name him in the show i
0: think morpheus is also from greek mythology oh really Yeah, we can talk more about that later. Yeah, let's
2: do that. See, I'm very limited in my Sandman knowledge. But anyway, wonderful part of the episode. The Calliope portion was by far one of my personal favorite things in the whole first season. Same. Loved it. And then how it ended. And that was basically kind of the final episode, almost like an epilogue to the first season. Which in the first season also ended with... Lucifer wants to get revenge on Dream and, and Desire his sibling they are plotting <laughs> his sibling doesn't like him either I, I so. think
0: in the book they refer to the sibling as sister brother oh, Okay, but I don't think that plays now so yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: in the comic Dream is sister? no no, no. Or are you saying it's Desire
0: sister brother? Is, Desire is re- he refers to Desire as sister brother oh wow at times okay Yeah, but also sibling right like sibling
2: yeah so both desire and despair, despair uh-huh. are kind of like they're twins. Right? They are twins. Yeah. And they're kind of like, they're
0: kind of opposite ends of the same coin, opposite sides of the same coin.
2: Yeah. They, they don't seem to like dream very much. They
0: need each other, but they kind of don't get along.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the Sandman season, season one or the only season that we have. <laughs> well said old friend. Yeah. <laughs> now, Let's talk about it. I took notes throughout every episode because oh I was like, I need to ask Trevor these questions. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm not going to do that now. Okay. Well, maybe I will. Some of them. Sure. Yeah. I, them.
0: Give, I mean, I'll give it the best I got. It's also been a while since I read. So yeah, it's fun for me because I get to watch all these things that, you know, these stories I've read kind of come to life on the screen, mm-hmm. but I also kind of have forgotten about mm-hmm. certain aspects of it and, and they've changed some things slightly and, so far, I think they've done a really good job at that. So it's just been a joy to watch.
2: Yeah, I, in fact, so one of the things I had heard was that Neil Gaiman began writing the series in 89 not knowing if he would even go past one issue mm-hmm. and and then it became super successful and he you know, he could essentially write as long as he wanted to tell this story. But he started when he was like in his late 20s. I was reading an article with some people that were saying that like it was a lot darker. Than mm-hmm. the show is, mm-hmm. and that it seems that like the Neil Gaiman now, who's much older, like probably in his early sixties, probably yeah, yeah, uh, seems to have like, like have a newfound sense of hope, and maybe idealism in life, mm-hmm. and has tried to remedy and alter some of the like original despair and darkness of the r- initial stories that he was telling to, yeah. to try to be more hopeful. Mm-hmm. So one of the like through lines of the Sandman is hope. Like mm-hmm. it was a theme that kept reoccurring over and over again, mm-hmm. that although dream definitely embodies sort of that Robert Smith kind of look from, from the eighties and, and yeah. has the big hair and all that stuff. And yep. very emo as we used to say. Goth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this proto emo. Yeah. Proto emo. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, he, also embodies hope in a large way, and and they return to that, and the people that are the the people in this article I was reading were saying that they don't remember that much hope in the original comic. Hmm. So I was curious what you thought about that. My take on that. Yeah,
0: it is darker. I remember reading it. It was very, um, like I said, we were talking before, and I was saying that it has a there's a horror bent to everything there is a maturity to everything every story has something in it that makes it not appropriate for kids Mm. um but i think intentional i think that's intentional and it's sort of the amazing thing about the sandman story is that it allows us to uh, to jump back into the minds of ourselves as kids but we can also explore darker themes and Mm. more nuanced and real themes that we experience as adults So it has the gravity of the things we deal with in everyday life, um, death and um, existential crisis and all that stuff that we deal with, but we get to kind of approach it from this fantastical angle of Mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a children's story by any means, but Mm -hmm. it does a great job of kind of reintroducing ourselves to our former kind of younger selves, I guess. If that makes
2: sense. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. totally. So Uh, yeah, it's- the, The show or the story?
0: Just the story um, I guess the original story yeah. did that. And so, yeah, it is darker. Um, It's also a comic book. Um, Right. You see someone jabbing pokers into their eyes in the comic book, and it doesn't feel as visceral as when you um, see it on screen. Right. Or actually, weirdly enough, when you hear it on the audio book. That uh, was the most visceral of any of the mediums was like, just is,
2: is picturing the, it is the audiobook over
0: i don't know we we only listened to the first uh installment but james mcelvoy is dream mm-hmm. he's amazing um i kind of was hoping they were going to c- cast him as dream but i actually think he doesn't quite have the look so and i like what um i'm forgetting what the uh,
2: tom sturge yeah
0: I, lo- I love i love him he's perfect yeah and he's like a super fan
2: yeah like oh, is he Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that. he's a
0: mega fan. Oh. To the point where they were saying at the beginning of production, first of all, they like found him pretty initially, I guess, and yeah. then they kept looking for Dream, for up for I think like 2 years, and then they circled back to Tom cuz he was just the fit. So basically they didn't they they felt like they found the guy, but they didn't want to just kind of
2: like sit yeah. on the guy. So No, he, he's he's a fan. He's a he's mega He's a fan. super
0: fan and initially they did, he kind of did his own makeup to be very much like the comics. He put white kind of face paint on. He did his hair up huge eighties goth style. Like Steven mentioned, Robert Smith, crazy, um, just full goth cartoony. And they quickly kind of realized that that was kind of narrowing the story too much. Yeah, And there's, Sandman has the ability to kind of be a very broad story. Right. Even in, even in kind of how narrow it is. Yeah. Um, so I think it was as much as I would have loved to see kind of the goth, the eighties goth dream. I think it made sense that they were able to kind of like, uh, I guess Neil was able to kind of bring this into modernity and, and see it as a a larger story that hopefully, um, people kind of catch on. Yeah. 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 It's very dark in the beginning and I, even as the story goes on, as the books go on, as, as he was writing more, it did become a lot more fable. And mm-hmm. uh, he started to explore lots and lots of different genres mm-hmm. of writing. There's a point, this is a very minor spoiler, but he meets Shakespeare and that's a thing at one point. And that doesn't feel dark in any way. So there's a lot of stories in there, especially if they ever do a season two or hopefully they keep going with this. There's so much in there. There's so many good stories and it's, it totally transcends the goth kind of dark thing that yeah. is the beginning of the story.
2: You mentioned his voice is mm-hmm. so sick. So that good. was one of the first things I recognized, like when yeah. I started watching the show, I was like the way he talks. He's great. Well, it's not just Tom Surge. It's like, it's the character of dream, like of the Sandman, like the tone it's like it's a very specific tone I remember when you used to talk to me about the comics and before we had anything at all you were like he needs to sound like whispery but like not whispering at the same time yeah if that makes sense
0: like measured yeah yeah
2: and and I think he nailed it
0: oh for sure yeah he really did dream has this way of being um, somehow stoic and mm-hmm. kind of impossibly huge and endless and mm-hmm. and macro. But mm-hmm. there's always these moments of intimacy where you feel like you might know this person or you've met people like this. So th- he walks this really interesting line of, like, you know, personable but also godlike,
2: yeah.
1: he, he was kind of a kind of an arrogant asshole in the comic, yeah. right? Yeah. And they explore his humanity in the first season of the show. But do you remember, like, from reading the story, like when, if there was a point, like in the original run where Dream becomes more empathetic or that's relatable? A,
0: that's a really good question. I don't know that I have the exact moment. I do recall, um, in the story with
1: Hob Gadling?
0: Hob, yes. In that story, he realizes that he's his friend. Yeah. And I think that's, if I recall, that's sort of the first moment that kind of the, um, the armor comes off and Morpheus or dream kind of has a human side because at the end of the day, he is the human personification of dreams. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that he would have some human attributes.
2: He initially seemed to be like anti humans. He kind of like a, like, st-
0: like he could care less. W-
2: yeah. Yeah. Or well, there's, like, there's like a self-righteous, like, ang- like angry impartiality. I think Gaetano, yeah. The, as a God, he
1: has this like, self-assured impartiality mm-hmm. and he upholds that throughout the show even after he meets Hobb until like the variant and they try to hammer that home yeah with rose and and the the conclusion of the first season that he uh he starts to see people and the other dream entities that he's created as more than really fascinating more than duty and obligation yeah
0: he's he is very definite but he's not black and white mm-hmm. he knows who he is and yet he's he always keeps the door cracked on how much bigger the story might get or how there might be nuance here or even a nightmare I created might turn into a dream kind of thing. Right. He kind of There's always kind of an openness, a very, very small yeah. window of openness to something that might transform later.
1: Yeah, the idea of change is difficult for Morpheus. I, that's yeah. one of the other big themes, I think, from mm. this season is mm. he becomes, like you said, like even changing, what was the one nightmare? I think it was Galt uh-huh. that he eventually turns into a, a, dream. a dream instead of a nightmare towards yeah. the end. So that's kind of him. Those walls are coming down a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I think the Calliope story really kind of, it's funny because when we were watching it, we we're like, wow, it's, what's this plus one that's so weird, uh, this extra episode that they're going to tack on, but it does kind of it's great because it kind of finishes, the story kind of finishes this arc of very grandiose kind of all stakes are at play. And then we get to see a little window into to Dream's love life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know. Ooh, are we going to get <laughs> like, is this like a love story? Okay. Yeah. And then that, so that kind of like teases a great like
1: depth yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And Dream's had many connections, I think. Oh yeah. Right. And
2: they tease one where he's mm-hmm. in hell. They have like, the first human. That was, like, was that was one of the coolest parts of the show to me because huh. it's something I really didn't expect. Yeah. When all of was a it sudden Was it
0: confusing for you no. not ever seeing the show when he turned into no. a dark skinned person? No. Okay.
2: I
1: thought that was brilliant. It was brilliant. It's great. It was brilliant. It's brilliant. It's great
0: in the comic too cuz you're kind of immediately taken off guard and you're like, "Oh, I get what's happening." Yeah. Okay. Well, this don't is they, who they do were.
1: they do the shape shifting more in the comic, right? Oh yeah. In the show, I don't think he ever really does it except for on that occasion. Yeah. But the interesting thing about He's also a cat. Yeah,
0: that's true. That, well, and, well, that was also
1: like
2: <laughs> animated, <laughs>
0: and that. But that's that brings up a really interesting point. In the comic, I don't remember if this is in the first book because I read the omnibuses, so it's the all the comics compiled into books. So uh, like the first, I think there's 12, ten, 10, 10 books or something, and it's it's like almost like a dozen. I issues. think there's a dozen issues in each book or something like that. I I'm off probably a little bit on that, but so I think there were seventy five. Eventually, in the comics. They start having guest artists every single book, oh every not even book um issue. every issue, yeah, so I think the animated episode kind of was like helping us mm-hmm. as the audience to understand this is a show about story in general, right. not just live action story, also animated, also metaphorical, also literal, also just like everything's on the table, you yeah.
1: Know? Breaking down like genre and medium a little bit, yeah, absolutely. which is such a cool idea. <laughs> so cool. For it's show. similar
2: to like what Love, Death, and Robots. Did. Yeah, one of the, one of my questions for you, I guess, was a really simple yes or no, okay, or or maybe elaboration. But um, does the show always stay like, or, or sorry, in the comics does does the story always stay like in current day?
0: chronological yeah or no. does it jump around it jumps all, around all the time all the time okay
2: so so the second season but, could take place but like i i do ten thousand years in the past as a black man it could okay
0: and it it, it may or may not do you ever see that
2: story <laughs> in the comics you, do. you yeah,
0: do yeah yeah there's a lot of times in the comics you're dropped off into some situation and you don't even really know how this relates to the story and only by the end do you realize it's kind of like the twenty-four hour episode
2: oh, okay. where
0: Dream's really not even in it. Right. And at the very end he sort of reasserts his godlike ability. Yeah. And and his like foresight and planning. It can be any time yeah. period. Yeah. Um, again, it's a story about stories. So he Neil Gaiman uses that nonlinear. Nonlinear <laughs> yeah. format to be able to jump around in all kinds of genres. But the thing that is important to remember is that Dream himself is not he cannot time travel. Oh, uh, okay. He is bound by time. Right. Still. Yeah. And I I might be wrong, but I actually think all the endless are
2: Can he be killed? Cuz it seems mm. like he was he was looking at Can them. a
0: dream die? Let's find <gasps> out.
2: Wasn't that a question in the show?
0: That was what the Corinthians said. Today. Well,
2: uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think dreams can die. I think personally. for the sake of I think my dreams have died. <laughs> but but he was he that was, was he was uh,
0: that actually you bring up a really good point. Keep sorry, finish what you're gonna <laughs> I mean, say. He, I was
2: gonna say he's he viewed the vortex as a threat to almost his existence. So that's why I'm Because
0: asking. he is tied to our existence. If we aren't here to dream, then he's not he doesn't exist. Uh so interesting so life itself has to continue in yeah. order for him and his family to keep I did not existing. think of it that way
1: well is it is it humanity you mean or just like the concept of dreaming because I feel like some of the endless we're better. talking about predating shit <laughs> sorry um, wait here's I did the next 20 circle... minutes of our pie so I did want to circle back
0: yeah yeah sorry you mentioned your dreams dying as a working man or something <laughs> <laughs> as a husband and a as father. As a husband and a father and a decent human. Creating my live action podcast. That is an important thing to keep in mind is that the show is not just about the uh, the astral plane or the dreaming world, but mm. it's also about the concept of ambition. Mm. Dream also is the lord of dreams as in the things yeah. I hope to do someday. Uh huh. And that comes into play a, a right. l- almost even more than like the the, you know, the quote unquote dreaming kind of. Uh, sleeping world yeah
2: yeah i mean it's kind of how he defeated lucifer in the third episode like he's like i am hope right because i am i am that great ambition of the dream of tomorrow you know yeah that's how how he defeats her oh
1: but there's also several even outside of that which was great there's several moments in the show that are they're they're like impactful I i am hope mic drops or like the reveals in the show where you realize just the scope of dreams capabilities and yeah. his, his dominion. Yeah. Cause like you said, it's just not dreams. Like when he, for instance, uh, he's at the collector's convention and he's in the show. This is right when he's defeated the Corinthian. The We're full spoilers. Yeah. The serial convention. He, he's, uh, affecting them. I think in their waking moments because it is like you said, it's not just dreams, but it is like the inverse of that, which is like, uh, the ambition and he's able to like control them or he's able to like plant like daydreams or something of
2: that kind. He, so he yeah. Convinces them of their, he helps them, their to, waking reality, uh, like their, um, what do you say? Empathy or something like that. Guilt, the weight of their decisions. I think he says something like that.
0: He, yeah. So it's interesting because Gaiman's very careful to, to always create like an exit route with all of his like reasoning. Of
2: course. Um, yeah. Yeah,
0: And I think he, I'm sure I'm pretty sure that he does this retroactively because he's a very creative person. And how could you possibly plan all this? But, um, I, I don't know exactly how that one worked in the serial convention, but I know with the, um, in the dream of Calliope, the author that is trying to get amused so he can Mm -hmm. generate stories. Mm -hmm. Dream does this very classic thing that dream does. He, can only work within his means his powers so his way of of sort of punishing this guy or sort of giving this guy what he deserves is by giving him so many dreams that it cripples him and crushes him and so again i don't know i'm i, I don't remember exactly kind of the it was like
1: i in the clip episode it was like the idea it was like the idea of ideas right
0: he's giving yeah so he's giving this this man dreams as in visions of what a story could be. Yeah. And, but he's doing it at such a rate that it is completely (laughs) crushing. And then he removes all of that at the end, which is also completely crushing. And that kind of gives you an example of like his, his balance of power that he's constantly kind of keeping with all of us or anyone that's sort of participating in the dreaming or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful guy.
0: (laughs) He is very powerful, but um, there is something I was going to bring up him and his family are all still bound by metaphor. Wow.
2: Um,
0: It's a weird thing and it's hard for me to totally explain it. Mm-hmm. it. It's really something I just got a sense of from reading the books. Right. I've tried to explain this before to friends or to my wife and I have a hard time <laughs> putting it into words, but a lot of times you can be watching that story play out and yeah. you can revert back to metaphor and it still works. Yes. So, Desire gave the de- gave someone the desire to x y and z, right? And you know, like even Dream has desires, which his brother, sister, or his mm-hmm. sibling gives him. Exactly. And there's a yeah. so it, it gets very layered in that way, where you're reading it as a literary kind yeah. of story, but you're also reading it as like metaphorical prose. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it's kind of a lot.
2: Classic Gaiman. Yeah. It's really cool. I think that's one of the the appeals to what makes it so good. You know, is it it works in a philosophical sense and a very literal, like tangible sense.
0: Yeah, it's one of um, four graphic novels on the New York bestseller, bestseller list. list. It's that and Mouse and Watchmen and oh, Ma- um,
2: say about Mouse Guard?
0: No, M A U S, Mouse. It's oh, yeah, I've uh heard of that. It's uh, it's really good. It's um, a story about. Uh, the Holocaust. Oh, oh Through I, the perspective of I have heard of, of mice and cats and yeah, dogs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. I think is also.
2: Dark Knight Returns there. is good. Yeah. I like so. Long Halloween better.
0: Ooh. What about year one?
2: R.I.P. Tim Sale, who well, just died. Did he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Crazy. Jeff, Jeff loved Tim Sale. Wow. I want to go back to your question. Actually, let me ask you based <laughs> on, because you were just talking about the siblings really quick. And I I asked you this question over text, but, and you were like, I don't know, but it seems like their powers and their, their ideologies and how they interact and what they can do kind of overlap each other. Like if you think about delirium and desire, it seems like they could touch on like similar You haven't
0: met delirium yet.
2: Ideas. I know what we're talking about like the comic and the the show. Okay. I'm I'm just talking about it's just hard for me
0: because there's so much like stuff to come that I'm trying not to talk about okay so but anyway too much yeah
2: well yeah so So they
0: all they all like mess in each other's
2: business is it one of them destruction yep and despair Yep. like they seem to be sort of similar in in theme and like what Mm. like how do their powers differ
0: hmm again I think that gaiman took a very
2: even desire and dream seem sort of similar
0: i think gaiman like set up these very vague questions and allowed himself to answer them procedurally as he needed to Hmm. so i can answer that question but i also like i i have read all the books so i'm not going to just like say what their powers are um but I know, right? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> you content. can go read it. I mean, go read a Wikipedia or whatever, if you want, I'm just being a baby. It's part of what makes it so interesting because he yeah. gives us such a compelling world. We want to just like learn more about it. Um, I think it's a family. It is a dysfunctional family. It's like a normal family. It's got it's bright spots. It's got its dark spots. Um, they all know basically not to meddle in each other's business because they all have certain roles and, the very you know the very fabric of reality would break down if they started taking roles from each other or sort of like overlapping their roles too much. Um, you, you can see at the end of this of season one that uh, Desire has manipulated a whole bunch of things, basically impregnated. I'm I'm kind of spacing on the names, but oh right,
2: the the girl they, that was asleep. They Andy came contained. to.
0: Um, rose walker's grandma as a man yeah and impregnated her with the whole lineage of rose walker basically so yeah yeah they they do cross lines and they do
1: they can't attack each other outright
2: right hmm. what's to be what's supply. their end goal like what's desire's end goal like it, is are they hmm. trying to kill dream
0: well that's a yeah, that's a, i don't know that's a that's a hard question or, because or, you're asking or what, are they
2: just trying to like with f- them
0: Desire is desire. Yeah. Desire desires, like desires. Ambition is desire. Okay, I don't wait. know how I, else to say. I just it. thought of something that right. I hadn't
2: really thought of before. I I have viewed each of these characters, the endless, the siblings, as like people that can. They're not
1: superheroes. They're
2: well, no, that have have the gamut, the spectrum of emotion of human emotion. They do. But you're saying they're they're strictly, like, like confined to their strict. Their no, soul. No,
0: like they're, they're anthropomorphic, their soul purpose, metaf- They're anthropomorphic constructs of the metaphor.
2: So, but they feel
0: they do because we feel right. So, so
2: they know how to feel. So
0: desire might feel grumpy, but at the end of the day, it's desire. So desire is always going to want more. It's yeah. always just about, I don't think you
1: can really put like your typical yeah. human perspective on it. Okay. Dream, See, that's that's like I mean. to to say desire's and goal is like it's probably just
0: world domination. No.
1: Yeah, it's just it's like more e- effervescent, you know. It's like <laughs> I think so and
0: and I I think like there are characters that want things. I think like Lucifer wants to uh well,
1: be worshipped. No. Lucifer is I think a no. little different. I feel like Lucifer has very much more concrete Oh yeah.
0: Lucifer has has super concrete um desires. Haha. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want to talk about that too much but basically lucifer wants to get out of hell yeah okay so that that's like a character where you can say like yeah they have this very one note sort of thing they're after but i think with the endless it's this like push and pull dance of how much can i get away with without breaking the universe
2: is dream Man, this is like a
0: gauntlet you guys have it going <laughs> over like, here it's
2: like so we're really picking your brains. is okay. dream 19 like, rounds. is dream like the most powerful Besides maybe Ooh. death,
0: um, I think I honestly think they're all supposed to be equally powerful. Okay, I really do think Gaiman wrote all six of them. So when Seven.
2: desires doing their thing,
1: oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what?
2: When desires when desires doing their thing. <laughs> yeah. Dream can't just come along and knock them down.
0: Dream has a dominion which is dreams so maybe dream could help maybe dream could um influence desire's ambition yeah but he would never be able to steer desire's desire (laughs) does that make any sense yeah yeah
2: i I asked a hypothetical question but yeah yeah. so they can
0: slap each other i mean they are people like they're like i said they're like answer stop
2: it (laughs) yeah uh <laughs> What what was that stuff? You know when you know when Des-
0: Desire's like got the cat outfit on and, and they're just <laughs> kind of like pawing and they're sitting on the sofa? Yeah. I think that is desire. I think desire is like this Like a cat. Yeah, it's this like <laughs> titillated animal that's just playing and it just feels nice to like to just okay. mess with things. And I think that's desire.
2: Were were those like statues behind Desire's like couch living room area? Were those all like tokens from her sibling or They're, their siblings
0: they refer to them as um sigils and they can summon each other uh-huh. they, they they go up to them and they hold them and they say i'm holding your sigil and i i you know call out to you brother or sister yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah okay um y- you look at despair which despair is a great example of someone that in the comics is way darker mm-hmm. and just sad like despair in the comics is this like very overweight person that has a claw and they kind of rip at themselves and they're naked and they keep rats on themselves and they just, it's just not a good look. It's not a good image to see. And I think uh, in the show, they kind of took despair in more of like a pedestrian route of like, no despair is like a cat lady. That's like depressed about her Amazon package, not ret- you know, coming at the, the right time or something. Yeah. Um, it,
1: so they had to pull a few punches. It's not
0: just that. It's like
1: you thought that it was like intentional. With I
0: think it's just to make it less cartoony and more metaphorical. Despair is this like place we all get to, not just people that are scary and dark. There's, I see.
2: Yeah, there's the metaphor again. Yeah. I had a okay personally with this show. I had a hard time with the Rose Walker storyline. Yeah. And and I think it was because the quality of the episodes felt a lot more like Netflix than the previous five or six episodes. Okay. There just was like this, like Netflix tinge seasoning. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I felt a lot better about the, the cat calliope episode. Um, and I was, I was so happy to have that 11th episode because it felt like a return to the thing that I loved about the first six episodes. Mm -hmm. And, And it wasn't even that I didn't like the story. It was just that there was just something about it that I was like, Ugh, it's the acting.
0: (laughs) I I think if I could interject, it's not like I haven't spoke a lot tonight. Um,
2: Well, that's what you're here for. Interject away.
0: Speak. Uh, (laughs) The book changes tone all the time. Mm. The book changes genre all the time. I found myself gravitating towards some types of stories in the book and other ones were really hard for me to get into it was all interesting, but there were always yeah. high points and low points. Sure, yeah. And so I think that's just the nature of this story is like, there's always going to be a romance chapter that you're like, God, just get me back to the horror. And then for some people, it's going to be a lot of horror and they're going to go, just give me more romance. It's that is kind of how the story goes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Were, were the, uh, this is kind of one of my other bigger questions about yeah. the show. Were these two like main stories that we saw in this first season, were those like the first two stories of the comic books?
0: I think so. Um, oh, okay, that's a good question. I'm I don't or I like, haven't like done hardcore research. I like don't totally early remember. Early on, but yeah, these are these are early stories that you hear. Um,
2: Do they get better the stories in the comics?
0: Honestly, like truthfully, they? they get so much better. Okay, he like the first book especially, which is the first twelve issues, is like very kind of. I am dream, Lord of dreams. And, you know, it's very kind of one note (laughs) and it just gets so much more interesting, nuanced. Um, There is huge kind of like things that they tackle later. I don't Mm. know. I just feel like it gets so much better, which might bring us into uh, talking about, are they going to do more seasons, which I hope they are. Surely.
2: Yeah. God, it's so good. Neil Gaiman has said he has the option to... Uh, take it to other streaming services if netflix doesn't renew it
0: oh shit they're definitely he, doing he can it do now.
1: That?
2: yeah well that was in the contract oh so he's oh, like it, awesome. it so, if so they, that's if, basically if, a guarantee that if it's they decide happen. not to do a season two then he can take it anywhere he that's wants awesome yeah yeah is
1: it, is it really not confirmed yet do it's we... not it's
2: still not confirmed oh wow and neil gaiman has said he's spoken out a lot about it
1: it's an
0: expensive show. He says
2: it's because it's really expensive. Yeah, and, it's,
0: and it looks expensive. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, a lot of the 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 CG and and the the dreamscape stuff and and the dragon and, and the the creatures that they had to kind of create, mm-hmm. just top notch. Yeah, like there's a couple minor parts where I was like, wow, that looks very Netflixy. But yeah, um, and by that I mean there are some lower budget Netflix shows that just Mm -hmm. do not measure up to like modern other competitors streaming service television series. And that's, that's what I mean when I say Netflix is, and that is because I think that Netflix gives these shows small budgets and they don't have a lot of room to like do really grandiose, you know, outstanding uh, special effects. But with the Sandman, there's a lot of really, really good high quality h2o special effects (laughs) that really make it stand out but then there's like a few moments where it's like oh that's kind of
0: yeah and and honestly it's funny because the comics are similar the Mm. first comic is rough the illustration is brutal yeah it's honestly not great Mm. dream looks old like he looks like battered and I kind of there were times, especially in the beginning of the comic, where I was like, "Man, the illustration is just hard to get through." Mm -hmm. The story's there, but Mm -hmm. like, so I guess all that is to say is that I think the story's so good and sort of Mm -hmm. has the potential to be timeless. Yeah, that the visuals could suffer a little, and I think it would be
2: okay if we keep getting like part animation, part shoddy, and then like really quality you know, CG and computer graphics and others that looks, you know, photorealistic. I think that would be a really cool way to approach the series or continue to approach the series rather than having it be just live action like, you know, trying to like do like a Lord of the Rings caliber, you know, type yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. And and again, source material, there are books, there's stories where like they have a totally graphic style. All of a sudden all the characters become really simple and Angular and like, you know, they look like they're made out of just shapes. And hmm. then there's some stories where the, uh, like you were talking about Overture, which is a book they did after the end of Sandman. And it's actually like a prequel. Those illustrations are like phenomenal, like mm-hmm. crazy good. And yeah. everything in between, there's style, there's, it gets crude. I don't know. It's kind of all over the map. So in a way it yeah. kind of works with the source material if cool. it's not totally Perfectly polished at all times. Awesome. Yeah,
2: there's so many questions. L- I haven't even looked at my list. I'm just yeah. been
0: It's hard for me because all I want to talk about is where we go next. Yeah. But
2: and I want to know that as well, but I don't want to put it on the podcast.
0: Yeah, and I would I would recommend anyone that I mean reading the books is great, but if they're gonna make more, you should just wait and watch. It's gonna be awesome. Who knows if they'll make more? I guess I would say this: either read the books or watch the show, but don't just read a Wikipedia about it. Cause like, yeah, yeah. it's the way it unfolds is very specific. And it, it, let's just put it this way. When I was reading it, it was like helping me discover things about myself. It was helping me think about the nature of stories. The, the, the idea of reading something and having it affect you and, and having it change things in you and even reading things that, Kind of break things that you've always known, mm-hmm. or even if it just casually breaks it in a story way, but it leads you to think of things in your real life. That's kind of how this story was for me.
2: Wow, yeah, that's that's, high praise. that's, that's saying, lot. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Yeah, it's saying a lot. Oh, so one of the quick questions I had was this takes place within the DC universe, yeah, Does, which is kind of laughable. Are there ever like moments where we see like Superman, Batman, like that kind of stuff, or Green Lantern? or Yes, <laughs> wait, what?
0: There totally are. What? Well, you know that they edited them out for the first season. No. Oh, yeah, the show. Uh-huh. You mean like they the story? Like, you mean in the they like ddcc this first season. So John D in the show is Doctor Destructo or something, some like kind of B villain uh-huh. from DC. Yeah. I don't I don't know who he is. I think when when Gaiman was approached to do this, they wanted him to reboot the old comic book character, the Sandman. Which is what Rose Walker's little brother is dressed up as in that oh, episode. Oh, okay. He's wearing the old school outfit. Gotcha. And Gaiman just like threw that out the window <laughs> and went a whole different direction. Yeah, yeah. And cool. they loved it. Yeah. I guess I don't want to say who shows up, but I don't think I actually don't think anyone's gonna show up.
2: That's all I wanna know though, is who shows up like is are we talking like Superman, Batman? They all show up in it? And and how? Okay, like, to what I'll capacity? just say that
0: like we don't know what's going to happen in the show, but in the books, like yeah. Batman does show up at one point.
2: For to do what?
0: It's minor, but it's there. Like, there's a bunch of stuff like Is he that. like
2: controlling like Bruce okay. Wayne's dreams. Basically,
0: here's what happened: DC <laughs> was putting pressure on Gaiman to integrate uh, to integrate and yeah. and talk about the main players at the time, and he obliged them. It's pretty inconsequential. It really doesn't like. Mm -hmm. make or break any of the stories although i will say the john constantine thing i think is is a great thing and and he played that up but now it's joanne constantine so that's a little different
2: Mm -hmm. but she's like a descendant of john constantine no she's just gender swap
0: gender swap but also
1: well
2: he says like oh she's she must be from the lineage of the they
1: show they show that. her ancestor in the hop-gaddling story and yeah. it's just it's just another joanna constantine so in
0: the book joanna constantine is in the past and he meets john constantine who is the descendant in this show they just made them both joanna yeah yeah
1: okay There's i wonder so why they did that though
0: um i heard
2: cuz Coleman is amazing <laughs> he, uh,
0: what i heard was um, that they didn't want to have to, because I guess there's first of all there's already a Constantine movie, yeah, and then there's also a show, yeah, and they well, didn't want was. to have to compete, right, and right, like, right, that's right. Tread on retread those steps again, so they're kind of rebooting those characters. And I think because um, Lucifer is a man mm-hmm. in the book, okay, although a very effeminate man,
1: androgynous,
0: androgynous. They based him off David Bowie. Oh yeah, it's really interesting that's because right. like so. 1960s. David so dream Belly. is basically Robert Smith. Yeah. In the book. Yeah. Death is basically like Susie from Susie and the Banshees. Funny. But actually Gaiman based her off of a friend he had who was goth.
1: Oh my
2: God. Um, I've seen those pictures. It's yeah. Incredible. It's
0: awesome. Which yeah I could go into more yeah. of that but I won't. Yeah I know how you feel um, about that. Even like um, Delirium who isn't in the show but like she's like a punker. And there's, it's just interesting because the endless, oh, and then, um, desire in the book is basically like a Patrick Nagel painting come to life, which I don't know if you remember those like nail salon, like that nail salon art of like white people with like, like (laughs) nails and like hair and stuff. Of course. That's Or or, oh, it's actually um, Nagel did the uh, Duran Duran album art. So Uh, like Rio, if you know that album art, that's who Desire was originally kind of based on. Was that look?
2: So is Gaiman just like like a huge fan of that era? I think
0: Gaiman is just
2: yeah. I think he
0: was like. Well, and I also, but I also think he was probably a punk or a goth or yeah. somehow tied into, because all that stuff kind of goes together in the eighties and, and early in the seventies and whatnot. So I think he kind of built the endless around his subgenre of sure. like music, yeah, which is so sick. Come like, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, like just own it, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. anyway, awesome. they obviously tone that down a lot for the show, which I think makes sense because it makes it a lot broader and, yeah. um, yeah easier to get into you don't have to be a goth to get it so this is the goth story though like every (laughs) you know like every musical genre has like a story that someone writes about it at some point sandman has always been the quintessential like sandman and the crow are like the quintessential like goth books yeah yeah Yeah.
2: the crow i think they're doing the crow they've been trying to do it for so long but yeah it's it's in the works
0: i'm i'm down the the original is so cheesy that like I'm I'm down. Super
2: cheesy. Why not?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's one of Dwight Schrute's favorite films.
0: Of course it is. Did he say? God, him? that's hilarious.
2: Yeah, in the in the fire episode when Ryan started the fire and they're they're doing their their desert island scenarios. Ryan started the fire. Yeah. <laughs> their, their desert island <laughs> scenarios. I think Jim like yells at him as Dwight refuses oh, refuses to play. He's one like, book. What's your f- yeah. What's your favorite movie? Yeah. Really quick, and he goes. Passively as he kicks the ground, the crow. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. So funny. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's circle back to your question that you posed a long time ago.
1: I was asking earlier, I was asking Trevor, because he is the resident expert. We're entering
0: the deep lore zone.
1: Yeah, we gotta go into the deep lore deep real quick, cause uh, Trevor had mentioned that. auto Zone. The, uh, zone. Had... <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> the auto zone. <laughs> uh, Trevor had mentioned that, and I think uh, this is true to an extent, right? That, that the endless are powered by the humans and the yes. human functions yes. of like dreaming and desiring. They talk about it in the show. But they also, I feel like they mentioned, I might be misremembering, but that like the endless predate humanity. They, uh, do. they, they talk about like a bit of the history of the universe and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think I was asking, I was probably asking about like the nature of the endless and if they predate humanity, like what they're story is just to give us a little context because like for instance lucifer mentions the creator and stuff like that right what, how they fall in to line there
0: yeah there's a, there's so much there and i don't know that i'm like the biggest do they like, dig into that of, in the comics oh yeah, yeah. for sure and it, but it's interesting because they never there's no like roadmap that maps it all out you have to kind of just pick up little tidbits here and there but basically the creator or god or Yeah, uh, the big guy. They refer to him as the big guy at times in the comics. The big guy. Um, They all fear God. They all fear the creator. The creator still has all ultimate power and is the ultimate reality in the books. Um, Hmm. Even the endless who exist as long as life exists, even they um, are underneath God's domain in the book. But
1: not necessarily uh, confined to human life, I feel like.
0: So, yeah, so that is in the books, but not right, right, the right. show. Uh, gotcha. They, yeah, the Endless do predate humans.
2: I thought they were born into existence. When, when the first
0: living thing dreamed. Yeah. Dream came into being.
2: Yeah. but So it wasn't just a human. It was like a.
0: Wait, I'm sorry. It's not living. This is an Overture now. So it's okay. like different, but.
2: Did Neil Gaiman wait, write Overture?
0: Yeah, he did. Gosh, I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you're on the spot. No, 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 it's okay. Death says it like this. Oh, gosh, how do they say it? This is the other thing is he's a wordsmith. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he can he can say so much in a very simple sentence, and it also leaves a lot of ambiguity. So I don't know exactly how he says it, but basically he alludes mm-hmm. to like when the first thing took its breath, she was there to right. extinguish it. right. Um, when the first thing was there to to dream, dream was there to craft it. But yeah, it's not humans.
2: It's almost like he's a, a Shakespearean of his, like he his, really his is. own right. Oh, he yeah. really
0: is, and he's doing this whole meta thing with like, like talking about Shakespeare and yeah, and, yeah. yeah.
2: There's so many like turns of phrase and analogies, absolutely, that just play into like even even the common speech. It could be interpreted in multiple different ways. Yeah not only through metaphor, but, but just normal even or like, sentence to comprehension like again, interaction. Yeah. You
0: know? Even like at the end of the Calliope episode, she says, I would like to see the dreaming again Yeah. at the very end. She's yeah. like weepy eyed and is kind of like, I have like closure left that I still need to get. I would love to see the dreaming again. And he just says maybe later or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what the hell does that mean? I thought they Why were ta- not now?
2: I thought they were talking about the plane that he exists on. Yeah.
0: He I think so. Or is
2: he the dreaming?
0: No, no, I think you're right, but I think that there's a bit of dream where like he he's kind of like Gandalf. He means to be exactly where he is when he means to be there. Like A wizard is never late. A wizard arrives always at the time he means to arrive or whatever. So (laughs) again, I think it just speaks to Neil's um, wordplay. Yeah. We could talk about the Hecate or the Fates.
1: Oh, the three sisters. The three
0: sisters, the maiden, the mother, and the crone.
2: Do they play a huge part in the comics? Huge. Really?
0: So if there is a villain, they are them. Oh. They're the villain. Really?
1: Yep. Because they seem almost, not belligerent, but helpful. Belligerent. They seem almost
0: intoxicated. <laughs> no. Well, in like, um, um, yeah. They benevolent. Seem, yeah. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. They seem like they're
1: <laughs> like, they're obviously a wild card in this, in the narrative, yeah. but they're often called upon in moment of need.
0: You meet them as, as guides. And in the end, they become the kindly ones, which
1: what does that mean?
0: It's not like it sounds Uh-oh. spoiler alert. Is that
1: like a part of the finale? Yeah.
0: So I'm definitely not going to get into that, but they are the fates. So, and the way that they're the fates is so carefully done that they will tell you a future, but they will tell it to you in a way that is uh, leaning in a direction. And that direction is kind of at their whim. Right. And yeah, it's just super interesting the way that like, they don't tell you what your destiny is, but they do tell you what is before you or something it's very like it's riddles it could only be written backwards you could never you know what's the thing with writers where like it's easy for them to kind of figure out answers to questions because they're also writing the yeah you know what i'm trying to say kind of yeah so he uses that a lot in the books but um, interesting needless to say like uh and it's a very unconventional story um i never would have thought of the fates as having agency in that way and they don't. They don't ever say something that isn't true. They just highlight certain things.
1: Are you saying but are you implying that the fates have a desire and they have ambition?
0: They do. I see. They do. They have their own ambition.
1: Are they And they are all one and the same. I
0: don't know if that was made clear.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like a 3 in 1 it kind of deal. I
2: thought that they were 3 different.
1: No, energies. they're
0: they're they're one woman in all three seasons of their life.
2: Oh. So it's a it's
0: a a maiden when she's young. She's a mother as in her middle, uh, season. (laughs) And then she is the old crone. Right. And it's all the same person.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah. And they play with that. They refer to each other as sisters, I think, but they're, they're all one in the same. They did
2: a good job. I liked, I liked it. Like when they were pictured on screen, they were in three and then whichever one was speaking was in the center. And they kept swapping back and forth. And it's fantastic. It was super cool. They
0: nailed it. Yeah. That and the the battle that Lucifer and Dream do very well done.
2: Um, so amazing.
0: And we did kind of touch on this, but it is mostly based on Greek mythology. Oh
2: yeah. That I didn't know, but I I mean I could have surmised, but I thought that from the way that you had painted it, I thought it wasn't just Greek. It was it was every part greek of,
0: is the jumping off point yeah and then they go from there and everything's included and, yeah i was thinking
2: yeah. like it would get into like egyptian and it does oh, okay it gets into lots of different Everything. genres and cultures um yeah, so so much there yeah <laughs> so right here at the end if you could project into a season two oh wow story-wise we like where do you think it will go so curious
0: well i mean it's hard i mean it's hard not to say because it's it's so far, it's been so canonical that like, but then I think they've also left stuff out. I think we are going to see more of Shakespeare. I think we're going to meet Bill, William Shakespeare. Billy Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Billiam. Well, they um, mentioned
2: him, right? They, they he meets
0: him. him in the bar real quick. Yeah,
1: it's a, kind of a, a one-off. A
0: one-off. Um, kind of so I think we're going yeah. to get some real quality. I wouldn't be surprised if they do a few episodes on wills little arc because it's so cool and awesome it's one of my favorites hmm. and I'm not a Shakespeare guy yeah. by any means <laughs> but um, so I would I could definitely see that um, there's probably I can't think I won't say the name but there's a there is a superhero character it's not one you know it's I think it's made up
2: yeah, okay
0: but I hope that they do this one where there's a superhero character and they kind of get into... Um, it's Green Lantern. <laughs> it's Ryan Reynolds as the Green Lantern. <laughs> they kind of get into like what would... Um, yeah, I can't say anything about it. Basically, there's a great superhero story in there somewhere. Um, mm. And then the dreaming might kind of fall apart at some point. Again? Maybe. Why?
2: Can I ask questions? You just rebuilt it.
0: But that's the thing about the dreaming is it is always what we need it to be. Whatever humanity needs the dreaming to be.
2: Do Cain and Abel play a running part throughout the comic? They do. Okay.
0: Lucian, Cain and Abel, Merv, the pumpkin head guy. Love him. Um, Voiced by and, Mark Hamill, by the
2: way. Yeah, Mark Hamill. <laughs> so
0: weird. And uh, actually so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say it that way. Um, I'm spacing on the crow, the raven. Matthew. Matthew. He's also a big Is part of his name Matthew in Matthew. the comic? Matthew. And then the um, Goldie, the dragon. Goldie. Oh. Yeah, and there's a couple other Dreaming characters that are in there, but yeah, the Dreaming does have like a substantial kind of, um, it's kind of a set piece in the show. Do you
1: know, uh, well, I mean, you might know because you read the comic. I know, I know that from my very cursory research that uh, Lucifer Morningstar has an arc. Moving forward, and they tease it at the end of the show, potentially being a larger part of season two or three. Yeah. If they keep going, do you, is she, does she play into like the end game for the comic or is her arc kind of like resolved at that point? If you could tease me with that,
0: I'll tease you by saying she joins us in the modern day and she's pretty much with us till the end. Oh. But so I think, she might not hold as central of a role as you think.
1: Right. Well, I have heard it's not what you would expect. It's not. <laughs> it's actually and I'm loving that much I can...
0: snazzier than you would expect. <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. So she's not like, you know, like the Thanos here.
0: She's not. She's not the ultimate villain by any means. Cool. Um, like I said, I think it's the Fates. And I actually don't think that Dream is much of a protagonist either. I think he actually is more of a passenger.
2: Yeah. I he's, feel like he, he's the gateway for the audience to experience what's happening around him.
0: I think so. I think we're actually kind of relating to him the most.
2: That's how I viewed it even in the show. Yeah. Like there are episodes that go by where he doesn't even show up until like the last 10 minutes. And you're like, you know, and he he's the way that you're experiencing it. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, is there a character that more
1: fills the role than a protagonist in this story? Whether it's comic or show, you think moving forward. You
0: feel the most attached to dream yeah you you feel um like he's your older brother or he's your sibling or he's Mm -hmm. you or Mm -hmm. he feels like family throughout the story um no one else quite has that gravity Mm -hmm. yeah i love it so fun man i could talk about sandman forever yeah
2: we just did for an hour and a half so we all liked it. it is what the consensus would you recommend it
0: god i mean (laughs) it's funny because the show
2: would you recommend the show
0: So, it's an interesting recommendation. I, my dad read the books and he Mm. liked it, but I wasn't going to recommend it to them because I thought it might be a little too edgy for them. Okay. But they watched it anyway and they loved it. Okay. (laughs) And it kind of makes me feel like this is one of those shows that people are going to, and I actually, so I have another friend who started to watch it, and his wife saw a dragon and was immediately out. Nope, <laughs> not into fantasy, I don't care, not interested. Yeah, sounds and familiar. He, yeah, and he kind of... All,
2: Allie had the exact same response.
0: Sure, and I and I think this is a story that it challenges the norms in that way, and I think it's a surprising show. I think it's a show that, like, catches you off guard. Before you know it, you're sucked in. Before you know it, you're so bummed the season's over. Mm-hmm. What? How is there not 40 more episodes of this to watch instantly? Like, that's how I felt at the end, and my wife said the same thing. So I think I would recommend it for anyone that's, like, of a mature age and is sort of open-minded.
2: I would love to see, like you just said, 40 or, like, 60 more episodes where we're getting... No, like short story after short story along with like inter interweaving a, a larger plot line.
0: I want 5 seasons. Cuz it's just and a movie.
2: I do I literally want
0: 5 seasons. Cuz if we just did two books and there's 10, I think. I want the whole story. It's that good.
2: I want it. I want it too. Yeah. You know cuz I I there are, there are moments within the show that are are just like genius and and heart warming totally and 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 I'm like totally attached to what's going on because I feel like it reaches into like a very deep part of my soul that's asking these existential questions or philosophical questions that I'm always asking Gabe <laughs> usually what? I'm always asking Gabe wow. <laughs> or just just out into the world like projecting out into the world um, those questions that that I feel like never really are truly answered and this this show felt like and i'm assuming the comic feels the same way it feels like a place to to come and feel a little less alone mm. that other people are asking those questions as well you know
0: yeah i think that um like the character of death is a great example death this death not the grim reaper not the scary thing that's lurking over you this death welcomes you and invites you and comforts you as you go and opens the door and like I, I think she represents exactly what you're talking about, where it's this like it's just another angle to look at the same old question we've had, but this angle feels inviting. It feels like mm-hmm. home, or it feels safe, or it feels, and it's not a touchy-feely book. It's a, you know, it's there are horrific moments in the book, right? But um, it, I think the the undertone is humanity. The undertone is hope. I do think hope is at the center of the story. Yeah, yeah.
2: Gabe, do you feel like you could recommend the show to? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Our uh, listeners? listeners, I hundred percent would. I do think the first six episodes were um, uh, much stronger than I think the last four, in and my 11th. opinion. And I think that was just not really as much, even due to the writing, as it was some of the performances. But
2: um, it, it felt like, and I know that this is true for like old network television. But the budget, like often, would go to to certain episodes over other episodes. It felt like the budget was spent on the first five or six, and less on the the I think back they four. Had to hook you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I also
1: think there were just a couple miscasts, though. Mm. Uh, perhaps I don't know. That's that's a personal opinion. But yeah, overall, fantastic. Um, episode six probably going to sit comfortably in one of my favorite episodes of television, like all time. Yeah, like that like you said, that version of death was such a refreshing perspective. So really cool show. And, uh, yeah, not a lot of fantasy that takes the same risks and that's just credit to Neil Gaiman's writing. And hmm. I, I can't wait to see hmm. more of it. Uh, you know, occupying this kind of space in the cultural zeitgeist you know and like sort of as these other like big shows exit you know like Stranger Things Netflix needs a property like that that it can latch onto I feel like Sandman could be that property so we'll see what happens
0: here's to hoping
1: yeah
2: thanks for coming on again
0: it was a pleasure
2: you are so welcome
1: always a pleasure Trevor a Privilege. Oh, wow. Well, you, you elevate the game <laughs> with your knowledge yeah, and your passion. I like stuff. <laughs> I like listening to people that like stuff. Yeah,
0: I like I like talking about things I like. That's
1: why I like Stephen because he has very colorful opinions on so many things. <laughs> <laughs> that was <a> little jab. <laughs> it was not a jab. As someone as
0: interesting, as
1: someone devoid yes. of personality, I latch on to people uh-huh. with large personalities. So. Gabe, you have a beautiful personality. It oh, yeah. shocks me. You're being you're too <laughs> shocks. kind. shocks. shocks. <laughs> you're too
2: kind.